Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Hotbed. This is our fifth series of The Hotbed podcast, brought to you by The Hotbed Collective. I'm Anneke Somerville. And I'm Lisa Williams. And we're sometimes joined by our co-founder, Cherry Healy, to talk about why women don't have as many orgasms as men. We want to know why this is, and so we use this podcast and our drumroll, new book, More Orgasms Please, Why Female Pleasure Matters, to explore issues such as body image, shame, and the impact of busy lives on sex and relationships, and more. Listen on and follow us on Instagram, at The Hotbed Collective. Welcome to the Hotbed Podcast. I'm here with Lisa, who's going to be a quiet producer sitting in the background while I chat to the effervescent Shona Virtue. She describes herself as a fit fitness feminist. I love that. Well, it's fitness magic, isn't feminist. it? What is a fitness feminist? Um, I think that she is really into fitness. She's an expert. She really is an expert. When you look at her credentials, like she's got the goods. Like she's really done the work. Um, I think she's an ex-professional gymnast. That's kind of one. That's one part of her expertise. She also taught David Beckham yoga. Oh, I know, right? Um, I really love her because she talks sense. Mm-hmm. She is. She. All her posts are brilliant. They're they're really intricate and really knowledgeable. There isn't just kind of whitewash of fitness information. It's really, she really knows her stuff. Mm. And I think she calls herself a fitness feminist because she also ties in a lot of those feminist messages that we're really, that are really exciting at the moment. Like, I am staying healthy and strong for me, not because of the expectations of the outside world. Um, mm. She's fantastic. I really like her vibe and I really like how knowledgeable she is. So it's tricky times, isn't it? Because I would say body positivity... I have fully embraced and for yes. me it came at like a perfect time where I'd had kids and I've like yo-yo dieted and my weight has fluctuated so much over the years and the thing is to me I've never been happy so there have been times where I've literally written emails going I'm really fat at the moment and then I look at pictures when that email was sent and I'm like I really wasn't I had a perfect body as in like it's never going to be like it was perfect and gorgeous and yeah, lovely. Yeah, it really was. And obviously I would just zone in on the fact that I'm a bit pear-shaped and I don't have the breasts that I want. You mean the... you didn't look like a nine-year-old boy oh, like yeah. all the girls in the magazines? I know, I know. It's sad, isn't it? So body positivity for me was just like, you know what? You're never going to be as healthy as you are today or as yes. young as you are today. So just like enjoy it and find some space in your brain for other stuff. And mm. I have to say, get clearing out diet culture. I haven't weighed myself since I interviewed Megan Jane Crabb, you know, Body Posse <sighs> yes. Panda. I haven't weighed myself since then. And clearing that space has made me more productive. Yeah. And I do think, oh, I'm, I've, my weight's fluctuating. And then I think, you know what, I'm not worth that. I'm worth more. 
So for me, fitness feminist is interesting because you could say that it's not all that brilliant just to be eating what you want and not exercising. It's really, I like the I like the change in wind in this conversation because I think in order to counteract the very toxic um, diet culture mm. and you need to be extreme. I mean, I've you know, I've had massive struggles with my weight. I've mm. always wanted to be thin. Even when I was really quite skinny, I mm. wasn't thin enough because I, I felt like a woman was the pictures in the magazines and they are skeletal. They are not a body shape I'm ever going to achieve. So I've always felt masculine and boxy and mm. I'm very sporty. So I've always felt like a man really. And I remember saying to my therapist once, I'm worried because I think about it so often that if I actually recover from it and I stop thinking about it, I don't know who I am. Like wow. I actually don't. It yeah. was, I mean, it was a, my own private little prison for two decades. Mm-hmm. And then I've started to recover from it and start to think about other things. Mm-hmm. And I, I love getting dressed and I love being fit and I love looking after my body. But then I do, then I get on with the rest of my day. And mm-hmm. the freedom, God, the space, I love that phrase, the space in my brain has just has like allowed me to blossom so many other parts of myself. Mm. So what I like, so the diet culture is so toxic and I think the body positivity movement has needed to be ferocious Mm. to pull us all away from it, to pull us out of it. But I think there are a few voices that are bringing back a little bit more balance because it's all right if you want to lose some weight. It's okay. And I think the, the culture at the moment is if you admit that, you almost feel ashamed. Whereas I think the the point is is that you weight is not who you are. Weight, your weight is not your value. So if you want to lose a few pounds because your clothes feel a bit tight, that's absolutely fine. As long as you don't feel like you're going to be happier mm. and a better person after it. So I think what Shona's really interesting when she talks about it is almost like a body neutrality. Like you don't need to walk around every day loving every part of yourself. I mean, it's be like a maniac. I love my eyes. Every day I love my little fingers. I love my teeth. And it's a bit exhausting as well. I think a lot of women feel quite quite, um, intimidated when they see really, really full on. But I'm not saying it's bad, but some women, the reaction can be almost as toxic as not loving your body. It's like, oh, no, look how confident they are. And Mm. oh, my God. Actually, probably for most people, the, the more normal, like happy way is... Uh, I appreciate my body and this is a great body and thank you very much. But what am I going to do today? Who have I not called? Oh my gosh, I haven't done that work as well as I could have done. I've Actually, body fixation isn't good. Mm. Body fixation is good. And what I love is Shona's focus on being strong. Like, what are you being strong for? Mm. Why are you being strong? She's got a great new hashtag at the moment, which is called 99 Reasons. It's about why you're being strong. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got two kids and I carry them up the stairs because mm. they both love Caru. Bloody Caru. <laughs> Caru. Made a rod for my own back. But mm. it's such a cute, it's adorable. <laughs> I mean, my daughter's nine and she still likes to be carried. Mm. And I'm able to mm-hmm. carry them both up the stairs. And I carry a lot of kit for work and I can carry that kit without whinging too much. I have to stand a lot for work. I have to jump in and out of boats and cars and... So my fitness isn't really just about aesthetics. It's no. about strength. And when you when you shift the when you shift the attention away from just how you look, it's amazing how much more fun exercise can be and also how meaningful. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it does feel a bit like I'm just on this bloody treadmill again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just sad little calorie counted <laughs> diet. Yes. And just exercising for no fun at all, just for burning calories. And I feel like Shona puts the energy back into fitness. So here is Cherry talking to Shona Virtue. 
The Hotbed Collective's debut book, More Orgasms Please, is out now and has been described by Stylist Magazine as one of the top non-fiction books of 2019. It's an open, honest and at moments hilarious dive into all aspects of sex for women. It covers feminist porn, body image, menopause and much more. It's punchy and playful, normalising and educating. It's an eye-opening read that puts women's bodies and their right to pleasure firmly on the map. Think of it as Couch to 5K for orgasms. More Orgasms Please, Why Female Pleasure Matters is available now in hardback, ebook and audiobook versions. So, I want to talk to you first of all. Now, you call yourself a fitness feminist. Yes. What's going on there then? What's that? The fit feminist. What's that then? Um, to be honest, it came about because there, I, I really felt like there was a lack of feminism within the fitness industry when I, particularly when I started, and it's starting to grow. But again, you know, there's a little bit of a convoluted um, feminism at the best of times is a bit convoluted. And I yes. think that it does. It's one of those awkward things like Brexit. If you bring up the dinner table, everyone goes silent and yes. it's probably not ideal to bring up. But um, I think we do need to have these conversations more and more. And I really felt like it needed to be brought into um, into the fitness space. Yes. So I it's call- a huge subject and there are lots of different voices and we're all really different. Exactly. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we find more words, more phrases and more balance. Yes. And for me, you know, when I came into the industry, fitness was very much for men about strength and, and, and being whatever, being really muscly and really big. And for women, it was about being toned and like <laughs> amazing. And like, I don't want to get bulky. And I just wanted to come in and say, let's actually and we're going to talk about body neutrality but yes. I wanted to say that it's not just about how you look and mm. it shouldn't be about confining women into this smaller package um, but in actual fact so many other things like just being able to whatever carry your luggage up the stairs or be able to carry all the groceries like women we tend to have way more active like, life amen than men anyway. to that and I love your new kind of hashtag 99 reasons yes which is so badass because <laughs> um I, ages ago, I realised that I just go to the gym to lose weight and burn calories, and I thought, um, "Fuck this shit." And so I thought, <laughs> "Why am I actually doing this? Like, I'm doing it because I can run really fast for a bus. I can carry yes. all the kit. When when there's heavy kit, like the tripod, is the worst thing to carry. But I can pick it up easily." And I was thinking, "God, the reason I stay fit is because I can do all these amazing things. It put the juice back into exercise for me. Exactly. It's, actually, it suddenly gave me this great goal. It's like, oh my god, my life is so much easier when I can carry my kids really easily. Totally, and it's so much more motivating." Um, there's nothing wrong with training to have toned arms or training for what yes. I call aesthetics. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But if it's the sole motivator, it e- what's either going to happen, one of two things happens. You either get bored and you stop, uh, you fall off the fitness wagon or you go on and off, um, or you actually develop sort of slightly disordered patterns around food and around fitness so we want to keep it as healthy as possible both for the mind and the body and I just find that other more intrinsic reasons uh, from other forms of intrinsic motivation are much more sustainable. Where do you sit in the body positive landscape because we obviously had the toxic diet culture where everyone was supposed to be super 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 skinny and diet all the time Mm -hmm. and it was really put a lot of women including myself into a very dark trap silent you'd never know it here's cherry isn't she having fun but inside a really really toxic narrative of hating my body doing different diets or really really dangerous diets um and then, and so now the body positive movement has pulled a lot of us out of that, and that's beautiful. But the body positive movement can be has been very, 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 very strong, obviously to counteract that really dark place. Where do you sit within that spectrum? I think body positivity, like you say, has been an amazing 
um, rebellion against a lot of that sort of like 90s heroin chic thing mm. that, that was going on. <laughs> um, and again, it was a very strong, I think, feminist movement led by a lot of feminist women. Yeah. Um, however, I think the only issue I have with it is that it's still us talking about our bodies and how they look. Yeah. And it's like I just would love it if we could have – we're so much more than than that. And I really try to preach health as much as possible. So yes, the body is incredibly important, but body positivity to me felt still very much about saying, my body looks like this and I'm very freaking happy about it. Mm. Whereas it's like the conversation is still really revolving around my body looks like this. Whereas why can't we talk about my body keeps me in a state of homeostasis, which enables me to live my life and chase after this company that I want to start or this um, whatever, this yes. career that I want to go for or these babies that I want to have or this family that I want to start or whatever it might be. It's like your body is facilitating your goals. Yes. Um, it so isn't it the goal. It isn't necessarily oh, yeah. the goal. Exactly. And I think body positivity was also very fueled by – you know, social media and the fact that we're becoming a very, um, again, I'm going to use the word aesthetic, but, you know, very visually motivated culture. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, let's talk about what your body can do or let's just talk about the body being able to help you facilitate all the other myriad of things that women are frigging capable of. Yes. Right. I agree. It's like we're, we're finding balance now within that yeah. body positive movement. One of the moments of freedom that I found as a result of the body positive movement is uh, freeing myself from that horrible hatred narrative. I've realized that in the morning I love clothes and I love getting dressed and I love fitness. But then it's like allowing myself to then, that's it. That And then I, I can think about other things for the rest of the day. Totally. Now, how do you feel about, there's quite a lot of shame if somebody wants to tone up their arms at, or <laughs> lose a couple of pounds. What's your take on that? I mean... I don't know if there is. I think there is a, an echo chamber of shame, <laughs> but I don't know if there <laughs> is shame across scary the board. Place. Yeah, I don't know if there's shame across the board because I feel like um, we're still having conversations about making women smaller, and there is still mm. a very strong diet culture out there that's very aesthetic based. So um, I don't shame anyone for what they want to do with their bodies ever, because it's their prerogative. Yeah. Um, what I find problematic is is um, if you have role models that are kind of promoting that sort of stuff or people yes. in public positions that are suggesting that other people join their train. Yes. You know. And that their only value is how good they look in a pair of PVC trousers. Totally. I don't know right. what those are, but yes, agree. They're really sexy. But okay. they're very tight. And uh, uh, there are a lot of very famous role models at the moment yes. whose goal... It, we obviously know we're talking about the Kardashians. I would say at the moment they're probably the most mm -hmm. influential female family at the moment, and the and the obsession and they've come out they're, they're fairly vocal about it. Mm. The obsession is to be the curviest woman on the planet, or mm. the and how do you how do you counteract that? Yeah, I mean, God, that would be that's a big meal to try and tackle because yes. it's so you know they're just huge as yeah. we know. So um, I think that. I just keep trying to bring the conversation back to our physical capability, but then also other things that exercise can support, like mental health. Yes. You know, um, there are so many – or lymphatic health is one that I always talk about, um, which isn't very sexy, um, but it's really freaking important. And so that's the thing that frustrates me is that I just want to keep bringing the conversation back to that. 
look, aesthetics, it's very, there's a very fine line because, you know, attractiveness, we can't, isn't just about aesthetics. Mm -hmm. It isn't just about how one looks. Um, But we all want to be attractive, you know, to either the same sex or the opposite sex or whatever. So it can be, it can be difficult because, if, it means that everyone culturally in this big mass has to challenge social conditioning and cultural yes. norms that we have. And it's like, how do we do that collectively? And how does everyone? Do? So it's a really tricky one it's to navigate. Huge, it's a huge one. Um, and I think being attractive, what I learn as I get older is actually, yes, aesthetics do play a part. And I definitely feel more attractive if I do my hair and I put my makeup on and that's really fun but what I've realised is it doesn't have to be within the confines of what society tells me is beautiful I suppose it comes back to that smashing your beauty standards like my attractiveness increases I would say if I feel good about myself and that happens not not by dieting cherry yes it comes from looking after myself and caring for myself and you know what buying a new t-shirt and Go, you know, I'm going. I'm going to go and see my boyfriend tonight for dinner, and I've bought a new little snazzy skirt and it's snake skin, and it make, it's making me feel a bit like hooty tooty. And that's like, in a way, <laughs> it doesn't matter if someone else doesn't like it. Like I, so I suppose it's it is really complicated. I suppose is what I'm trying it to say. It is so complicated. But I suppose it's very much coming from within, and what is making yes. you feel a bit hooty tooty? It's intrinsic, yes. and that's why, again, I do think that as women. If we can focus on our capability or, or, or what, what it is, um, the skill set that we might have internally, that's all intrinsic stuff that yes. no reflection in the mirror, no bad lighting, no Instagram filter can either give or take away from us. Oh, that's most beautiful. I kind of wish you could put that on a T-shirt. It'd be a really long A really t-shirt. long T-shirt. <laughs> Massively Maybe like the a cloak. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a but really important You know what thing. I mean? So it's like if you, if you can make exercise and your nutritional um, kind of practices based around Around you being capable of doing something, then it means that you're going to then, yeah, you're going to feel sexy. And then that feeling sexy translates into a language that we can't we we can't explain in in words often, yes. but it's like two people. It's that chemistry. It's everything. Yes. So, I think one of the reasons that Instagram is so successful is that uh, you know if, if if what you're looking for to improve your life is visual, like you can do your hair, you can do your lipstick, but actually, it's sometimes it's a lot harder to work on the interior. It's a lot harder, and it's easier to ignore it and just go, oh, if I have my lips done. Now, listen, we're going to move on to one of go. your favorite subjects. Go. Yes. Talking about the interior, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. Mrs. Pelvic Floor, or Mr. Pelvic Floor, let's not genderize pelvic floors, that's just yes, weird. that's true. So, one of the chapters in the fabulous hotbed book written by the wonderful Lisa and Anarchy, More Orgasms, Please, that's what it's called. And I want to talk about pelvic floor because when I asked the world to send questions, a lot of them were about, questions for you, a lot of them were about the pelvic floor. Yeah. So, how important is a pelvic floor? What? What is a pelvic floor? Well, to be honest, if you want to be able to hold it in your pee and control your bowels. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. If you do. Okay, you do? Cool. Do, well, Shana. if anyone listening wants to, then yeah, it's beneficial. It's, it's worthwhile having a functioning pelvic floor. So it's kind of like a funnel. Is it? Yeah, it's kind of like a funnel of Didn't muscles. Know that. Yeah, it kind of goes down down your pelvis. I'm trying to show hands, but I realize you got, can't she, actually see. You look like she looks like I'm she's cupping. cupping water from a from a spring. Yes, and so as women, we have um, we obviously have three holes. Yes, Men we do. have two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Anatomy reason. 101. <laughs> Thank you. You heard it here first. Okay, so. What? 
<laughs> so basically, that um, so that pelvic floor um, is doing a lot of stuff to ensure that you have bladder control, bowel control, and it also actually helps with um, with your orgasm. As does well. it? Yeah, it does. Now that was one of my questions. How does a pelvic floor affect orgasm? Well, it's through. So I'm no sex expert here. You know, I don't get physical with yes. people's pelvic floor. That's not an area other you partake than, in. No, no, other than to ensure that if I do have someone that has a poorly functioning pelvic floor, then we will do exercises to try to get them to understand how to squeeze it. Can you can you do that now? Infertily? Are you doing it right now? I am now. I feel like your face is like... I am ke- now. She's got Kegel <laughs> face on. So Kegel exercise is probably the most famous. But actually... Um, and I don't have the exact stats on this, but women tend to do Kegels incorrectly. Okay. A lot of women will over-squeeze and they'll squeeze really hard um, or they won't squeeze the right area. Sometimes they'll only squeeze the rectum and they're not actually squeezing their pelvic floor properly. Although a good, so, good strong bum hole is always useful. Dep- depending on the situation. Actually, probably in every situation, I think <laughs> yes. a good strong butthole is important. Yes. That's a tangent. But, Basically, um, the way it was explained to me, and this is actually a really good way, and I explain it now all the time, is like imagine you were trying to pick blueberries off the floor with your vagina. Great. Wow. Mind blown. Right? Because you don't want to – are you doing it right now? Yeah, I feel it, like you're trying to do I'm it. I'm literally doing it constantly all the whole interview. Just I'm just – we'll take it as that. Constant. Okay, I'm picking up blueberries. For the record, you're definitely making blueberry juice, so you're squeezing too hard. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, because I feel like your face is going oh. – I feel like I've like, got sweat on. <laughs> I'm like sweating Yeah, now. no, you shouldn't be sweating. Okay. So it should just be picking up a blueberry, so not squishing it. So you want to pick it up and then be able to transport it from A to B. Okay, that was – I was doing a more gentle transport. Yep, you okay. were making a smoothie. Okay, that's really – that's actually quite revelatory because when I do Kegels – it's really like a massive function I'm doing. Yes, you're like really squeezing hard. Certain exercises and, and certain coaches may actually get you to do it. It really depends on the case. But for the most part, we want we want a nice light squeeze. Okay, we don't also, be... So that's, uh, that's also moving the function a bit further towards the front of me. So I suppose before, my butthole was always in, in play. And actually yes. my butt cheeks as well, probably. Are you saying move it forward Absolutely. and tone it down? Because exactly, because essentially that's what's helping you know prevent the prolapse, <laughs> the P oh, word that we were discussing earlier. Yeah, nobody wants a prolapse, but it's very common, uh, more common than you would think. Absolutely, because no one wants to talk about it because it's very taboo. I know you talk um, about preventative. Exactly. So here's the thing that really frustrates me about the pelvic floor is that we only ever associate it with uh, women with menopause or, um, you know, women uh, during their pregnancy or post-pregnancy. But actually, you know, if you want to avoid prolapse, if you want to avoid having, you know, problems later in life um, or even during your pregnancy, then it's something that is worth considering now for any if you've got there are 20 year olds listening, 19 year olds listening. It's like be aware of that. It's a muscle in your body like yes. it's it really frustrates me this again the priorities that we have in terms of development are things that we see in an instagram photo or things that we might see in the mirror rather than the things that are really helping our body function so again come, trying to bring the fitness dialogue back to functionality is really important and pelvic floor is key and who doesn't want better orgasms i do all the time now i want to bring us back to some of the questions that i've been sent on instagram because a couple of people said please let it be in the interview yeah so one lady selena said what's her understanding of diastis recti does she have any tips for recovery four years later i've had it i have found that core work has been the only thing but the correct core work have you closed together are you closed now mostly 
Um, what do you mean? So, oh, di- um, so, so let me. So, no, so okay, no, no you're not. Much, but it's much. But it's much better. Okay, so just to give so diastasis recti. Um, I'm going to give you a really quick um, Please, kind yes. of rundown. Your rectus the rectus abdominis is that top layer, the six pack layer that you have in your abs, right? Yeah. Um, now that's the one that everyone's always obsessed with, sort of having and developing. Yeah. So during pregnancy, um, that area has to has to stretch, has to open, right? And yeah. so there's you, you are gonna everyone has diastasis recti during pregnancy. It has to separate. Yes. However, it's the problem is when it doesn't come back together. Right. And so the more active your rectus abdominis is, that top layer of your of your uh, ab muscle. Yeah. The harder, the, the bigger that gap can sometimes be. I exercise okay. loads when I was pregnant. Right, and so exercising is different. It's more if you're doing like loads of heavy rectus work, so like crunches, things like that. But another area that can be problematic is if you don't have a good awareness of what's called your transverse abdominis, and that's the deepest layer of your ab muscles. Okay, and that's like your corset. That's like holding all the good shit in, all the organs. It's like holding yeah. it in. Okay. Now most people, unless they're being taught to be aware of it, when they go to do ab work, like crunches or sit-ups, things like that, they have no clue about their TVA, and they're just going straight into rectus only. And a good way to tell whether you're doing that is actually if you're, when you do a crunch, and you guys could do it right now if you're not in an inappropriate place, um, you could just lie on your back and then crunch to sit up. And if you kind of get a sort of blowing up of your stomach, then it's chances are your TVA hasn't activated yeah. and you're just using other abdominal muscles, yes. okay? Now this happens a lot, uh, post-pregnancy, you suddenly realize like, oh, I probably never actually activated my TVA. Yeah. So diastasis recti happens and you have to bring it back together, but it's harder now because you have so much connection, mind-muscle connection to the rectus. Yes. That trying to get – it's so friggin' boring, and this is why, again, a lot of women will, will kind of um, – I, I noticed that one of the comments was like, four years later, I still have a massive gap. And it's because it's really boring ab work that you have to – core work yes. that you have to do. It's yeah. like lying on your side and taking a big breath in and then vacuuming your stomach in, like drawing it in, rather than actively kind of crunching yes. or doing anything like that. So it's absolutely not – like any core exercise it's you've ever done. It's not that adrenaline, fun, listen to Cardi B exercise. It's totally. like really, and it's every day. And it's really. every day because you're essentially trying to reprogram the way your body works, particularly if you didn't do it prior to pregnancy as well. So it's boring. That's the probably the number one reason why it, a lot of people will have such a, a big problem in trying to get it back together. Is and it the fixable? Other, like what kind of time frame we're talking? If fixable. someone is really dedicated, what's the kind of carrot? That's, uh, yeah, unfortunately that's like how long's a piece of string that question just How long because, is a piece of string Shana? um it's 20 centimeters um only because <laughs> 42 um only because basically it really depends on like your frequency your um rate of recovery whether you're actually doing it yes whether you're getting <laughs> it you right. could be dedicated but just be totally <sighs> messing so that's it up the pain as well is that you don't it's not even a guarantee that you're doing it right and exactly you do it, oh, oh. there but are a lot fixable. of videos on youtube it is fixable i'm going to make a whole lot more content around it because i realize that it's a really big issue that yeah. people aren't um addressing our next question is how being in your 40s and 50s see sees your body lose fitness faster and struggle to gain it more this is from amongst the cherry blossoms what a lovely name please don't add in exercise should be gentle for older adults and post pictures of women 60 and over like most guides seem for over 40s i want to be a badass too not a gentle mover ah yeah amongst the cherry blossoms was that a question yeah so basically (laughs) how um 
how to gain what? how to gain fitness in your 40s and 50s <sighs> when it's harder it's almost like yes it's harder to to keep that fitness up okay so it don't depends put on pictures the... of someone doing pilates and playing golf no, I know that really annoys me. Yeah. Um, yeah, the point is, is that it doesn't have to be that. Um, it's definitely not, you know, an older lady carrying pink dumbbells, you know, in a Pilates <laughs> room, which really irritates me. Um, but it can be that. So I'm not shaming those people that do that. It's just it doesn't have to be that. Um, to be honest, you can probably do a lot more than you think you can. It's just that a lot of the marketing is directed towards um younger younger people so we yes. sort of assume that it's not appropriate the virtue method program that i have is right up until like i have there's like 50 year olds doing it as well i'm actually creating a program that's for over 65s that's um really at the moment so you can actually do the program all the way up until i mean like my mom does it and she's 65 i mean i feel like it's a very sustainable system yeah i've done it it's it's something do you remember i came to one of those retreats that's it. right. Yeah. It is yes. exhausted, but it's really sustainable and it's not too heavy on your joints. Thank you for helping me. You've changed my pelvic floor life forever and I'll be picking up blueberries all over the place. I Literally or figuratively? <laughs> I might even try a real one. Yeah, you know I think mean? you should. Friday I like, night. I like a goal. <laughs> Shona, thank you so much for coming in. It's just always a delight to see you. You Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hootie tootie skirt. Hootie tootie. Hootie is the new word. That's so great. Do you, do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, you know when oh, you feel it? Yeah. You go to day, I just feel... I feel banging. I do. And it's often around day 14 of the cycle. Yes. Are you on day 14? Oh no, because I'm on the pill at the moment. I've just been continuous because I didn't want my pill when I was working. Amen. No period. I need, to get, I need to give my body a break, though. I'm actually menstruating at the moment. And You're glowing. I'm using um, Wicker pants. Have you heard of them? No, what are they like? Are they the pants that involve the... They catch everything. Are they catch good? all pants. Catch all, catch all pants. Yes. I don't like the idea of them, I'll be honest. Um, Did, were you creeped out by them a bit? I was very immature like, oh, It's a bit like wearing a nappy. Yes. That's what that's I thought it was. The and the seam is a little bit, takes a bit of getting used to because there's like a seam where mm. the padding kicks in. But actually, you know what? This period, I was a bit like, I don't, I'm hot and I don't want to, 
I don't like a sticky sanitary towel. Yes. I'm not, moon cups I love, but sometimes I just don't fancy it. So this month round, the worker pants have been perfect. They really have, because I was today, I was like, I can sling on the pants, doesn't feel and sticky. Anything, that's nothing else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's really interesting. And I suppose the idea is that you can use them again and again. Exactly. So I bought a pair because they came and they were at our self-love marketplace. And I was like, this is a gift to myself. I'm going to buy a pair. They're not that cheap. They're between 30 and 40 quid. Lovely lady gave me another pair for free. So I'm sort of like 50% hashtag gifted, but 50% I paid for it. So she gave me two. And I think that's the only problem is you probably need quite a few. And then you wash them and then you're good to go. Bob's your uncle. I know. So I don't know why I thought that. Oh, yeah. Am I feeling hooty-tooty? I'm not really. But I'm going to feel hooty-tooty next week. But I've realised that it's all right to to have non-hooty-tooty days because you can't feel like that all the time. Oh, my God. I wouldn't get anything done. I mean, I'd just be a maniac. Stroking stroking myself. Um, (laughs) Speaking of stroking thyself, I really loved Shona's blueberry tip. Oh, yeah. I have been doing pelvic floors all wrong. It's very, Mm. like, it's very, uh, like, bum area and it's Mm. very strong. And now I realise I have to bring it to the front and it can be a more gentle. As actually, it is, I can feel that core working a bit more. Yeah, the only thing is the problem is the practicality of like, I can't reach the floor because my legs would get in the way. So, <laughs> Lisa, you stopped. don't actually have to pick up a blueberry. We stopped recording and we <laughs> were like, I was like, oh, excuse me, but I think the blueberry needs to be on some kind of palette. Oh no, like a little spatula. God, if I come to your house and you have a little like tray <laughs> sticking out like a perfect sized tray with a little dip in the end, yeah. I know what you've oh, been practicing. Dip. You're oh, very literal, Lisa. You I get am. stuff done. I was like that does not work. But you know, you should use your bum as well. But it's it's isolating the movement, so oh, you yeah. need to do the front ones and the middle ones and the back ones. Yeah. But it's like not that, yes. you know, and it's butt cheeks shouldn't get involved. No. Leave not, out the no, butt cheeks. No, I've got to that wrong. Now, I know you want to talk about the mannequin debate at the moment. Yeah, so we kind of, we sort of touched on body positivity. And the thing is, I just feel confused about it because I love body positivity. And I think that that it's, I'm more on that side than the diet culture side. Um, and I just, you miss, well, I was just interested what you thought about the like plus size mannequins because they hit the news because Nike has got a plus size mannequin. And our lovely... Body Posy ladies. I mean, Meg and Jane Crab at Body Posy Pandas, literally like my goddess. She wrote, you know what? Everyone takes the piss out of fat people because they should be exercising. And then look at the furore that happens when Nike starts catering to fat people and saying like, you should exercise. You can exercise too. Here's a mannequin. Here's gear for you. You are welcome. You are included. And we love our fit bodied people but bigger people are welcome into exercise as well isn't that like that's good I mean it's wonderful and she's just really called out some ridiculous hypocrisy mm. and when I saw I, I briefly saw the debate uh, although I was mainly on a boat and fishing for crabs over the last two weeks um <laughs> I thought it was the silliest hoo-ha I've seen for a long time. I can't wait for there to be more mannequins that reflect more people's bodies. I can't wait for there to be a size 12 Yeah, just mannequin. a size 12. Yeah. I mean, that would be revelatory in itself. I, I want yeah. the range. Can we see the range, please? Because there are a range of women in real life. Yeah, there needs to be the Lisa mannequin, which is like small boobs and big thighs. Like beautiful. Like people pay a lot of money for that. Like, can we see that mannequin? So that when you go to the shop, you go, oh. this is a shop I'm allowed to be in. Yeah, or this, that's what the dress will look like on me. Yes. And not on this perfect Actually, one. I New York sex shops have got the opposite. They've got mannequins. And it's when I said they've got mannequins that are like teeny tiny hips and like massive tits, which is great. But I was like, only in New York, baby. Only in New York. I mean, it's really wonderful. I went past Primark this morning and they've got a model and their cellulite hasn't been airbrushed out. And it was... Oh, that's cool. God, I just think how many 
guys are impacted by that. Like, mm-hmm. So when you see your girl with cellulite, there isn't a sense of, oh, that's not normal. Actually, it's great for everyone. It's a beautiful thing for everyone to be accepting of body that is just really normal. Totally. That's Terry Healy in her airbrushed yeah. form. Perfect as you are. As always. Um, so that was a fantastic episode, Lisa. I feel like we've learned something, we debated something, and we've got to spend some time with that ray of light chain of virtues. Slam dunk. You've been listening to The Hotbed, the podcast brought to you by The Hotbed Collective, who want to make life better one orgasm at a time. If you like us, we would love it if you could subscribe using your podcast player. And while you're there, leave us a glowing review, if only to massage our paper-thin egos. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.